0: podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories and practical mindfulness based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am master life coach and mindfulness expert Danielle Savory and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hello, hello, hello. How's everyone doing today? I'm feeling a little frisky and fiery, so we'll see how this episode goes. Maybe it's just because I'm wearing matching bra and panties, probably since the first time since the pandemic started. Probably the first time I've worn a bra. No, I'm just kidding. I've worn a bra a couple of times. Anyway, I'm super excited to be with you all today. We're going to be talking about some vibrators and the myths around them, the reasons why they might be holding you back from your pleasure, and also the reasons why they might offer you more pleasure. So I'm excited to dive into that topic. But first, a reminder. And the reminder is, is there's the most incredible giveaway going on right now? Did you know that? Yes, and it has to do with this podcast, and it has to do with the most pleasure-filled box you've ever seen. I'm talking luxurious gifts and toys and all of this stuff to get your turned-on woman self pleasured. And all you have to do if you already listen to this podcast, which you do because obviously you're listening right now, just pop into Apple Podcast. I was going to say Apple iTunes, but they changed it to podcast and write a review, just an honest review. Any kind of feedback you want to share with me, take a screenshot of that review and email it to team at You're going to immediately get the Sensational Sex Starter Kit. And these are actual instructional videos, meditations, and workbooks to help you take this work even further. It's a great introduction to this work. Well, I don't want to really even want to say it's an introduction. This podcast is an introduction to this work. This is like what's in between advanced work and intro, (laughs) the in between, it's really just if you want to take this work even further. And it's a wonderful place to jumpstart this. And it's actually instructional videos and workbooks directly from my Better Sex in 90 Days program, which is a huge hit with which a lot of women have joined and been able to get incredible results. And I want that for you too. So hop in there, write a podcast review, and just know how much I appreciate, and I read every single one of them. I recently came across this one that was submitted about a week ago, and it's from Kay Saki, and she said, so happy there are resources like this that help women who have been silently suffering around these topics like me. It's hard for me to wrap my head around this podcast because it also feels like so many years I've seen myself as some unique, unique who had all of these body issues around pleasure and intimate type self-care. I'd experienced trauma as an adolescent and religious abuse around the way I was communicated around the purpose and intent of my body. And to be able to work on this at my pace while addressing the shame and step into the idea that I've got these orgasm-preventing beliefs makes it feel like it's more possible to move beyond the damage. Thank you. like I read this earlier, and it totally brought all the waterworks on because this is exactly why I created this podcast to reach out to women and to let them know like, hey, woman, like you're not alone. And so to this listener, and to all of you listening, like, I really want you to take that into your bones, understand like you're not broken, you're not damaged, you're not alone, and there is a better way to be. There is a more pleasured way to experience life on this planet, and I hope that the things that I share in this podcast will help you do that. And I think this is also a really good reminder to let other women in your life know about this podcast. Even if you might feel a little awkward or maybe a little embarrassed sharing it, remember remember, we don't really talk about these subjects. They tend to be taboo, but it could be your sister, your mom, your friend, your coworker that is silently suffering because she feels alone. She feels broken. She feels damaged. And hearing the words that are shared on this podcast, hearing other women's struggles and journeys and challenges and sex celebrations is what's going to shift the narrative for all of us not just those of us right now facing this but for our daughters and our granddaughters and everything moving on so please i encourage you to share write a review do anything you can to help get this work out in the world because it is really truly important in all parts of our healing and our growth okay so that was my little my little plug for helping other everybody out there. I'm just feeling very appreciative and full of so much gratitude during this holiday season for every single one of my listeners. So today, though, I want to specifically talk about vibrators. It seems to have been coming up a lot in my community. Also, maybe it's just because tis the season for gift giving. There's a lot of articles out there about sex toys and vibrators and all the sort of thing. And I was like, you know what, it's about time that we talk about it on the podcast. And we start to break down the myths. And also more importantly, take a look how vibrators affect our mindset and how, of course, our mindset around vibrators is going to impact our ability to access pleasure in our body. So myth number one, (laughs) this is the biggie that vibrators, especially really high powered vibrators are going to ruin your vagina, your vulva, your clitoris, however you want to say it. And this is just a bunch of hogwash. (laughs) Truly, you are not going to ruin your nerve endings or become numb or become desensitized because you're using a vibrator. There is absolutely no research to support this whatsoever. The way that I like to think about it is... There can be some numbing that might happen during the use because of the type of vibration, the level or the intensity of vibration, but this doesn't have long lasting effects. Think about if you've ever ridden on a motorcycle or a dirt bike and your ass gets kind of numb because of all the vibration. That might last for a little bit afterwards, but you still have full ass sensation afterwards. (laughs) Or when you use a lawnmower, or I did a lot of weed whacking this summer. And that feeling of that vibration in your hands and your arms, you might like become a little bit desensitized for a few minutes in the moment, but this isn't going to have lasting effects. Right away afterwards, or even a couple hours, I had all of the sensitivity back into my fingertips. The same goes with your clitoris. Just because you're using a vibrator on your clitoris does not mean that you're going to become desensitized or something is going to have permanent damage to the nerve endings happening in your genitals. Now, what we can experience is perhaps what you're noticing is if you've been in the habit of using a vibrator often, that it is harder to become aroused or harder to have an orgasm, especially one that is direct stimulation to the clitoris, without the use of the vibrator. Now, this isn't because you become desensitized in your actual nerve endings. Typically, what happens is it's more of a brain thing. Now, remember, brain is our most important sex organ. So when we've used and gotten used to the stimulation and the intensity of the stimulation, I'm not talking about the physical here, but the intensity of the stimulation as it's related to the brain it's important to keep in mind that it is capturing your attention at such a high level. When you have this high of a stimulation going on in your body, the brain's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We really need to pay attention. There's something very important going on down There. So it pays close attention. It wants to make sure everything's safe. And then once uh, the brain understands that it's safe, it's paying attention to the level of pleasure. And the level of pleasure can be very intense. So your attention from your brain is captured and usually all of your attention now is focused on your genitals. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you understand that our ability to notice when our mind is wandered and to capture our attention and place it where we want is one of the single most important skills for developing more pleasure in the body. Well, the vibrator helps you do that because it is such an intense stimulation, it automatically captures the attention of the brain. And it tells the brain where to continue to pay attention. So if you've gotten, again, used to using a vibrator and you go to some sort of manual stimulation, whether it's by you or by your partner, your brain might still be wandering. You might notice that there's not as much focus on your genitals. And this is so normal because the amount, the intensity of stimulation isn't like electrifying enough to capture the brain's attention. Perhaps your brain is more concerned about a stressful email you received or something that you just read in the news or the to-do list that you've got going on or something else that you forgot during the day. Now, these things to the brain seem a lot more important. It's like, wait, I got to handle all of this stuff. This is possible, you know, damage control. These are threats. That's how the brain is perceiving it, right? These are threats. These are things that we need to sort out and take care of. And the stimulation, the manual stimulation that's happening to your vulva at the time isn't captivating enough for the brain to hang out there. This isn't a problem. It just means that we're less practiced with managing our mind, grabbing its attention, and bringing it back to where we want it to focus on, which of course in this case is the vulva and the clitoris. The vibrator is a very loud stimulation, and I don't mean From the auditory perspective, I just mean as far as a physical you know, stimulation that is capturing and captivating and compelling to the brain that's like, whoa, 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 we have to pay attention. That's one of the reasons that manual stimulation can seem to not be as captivating or not help you get to that arousal state as quick. Now, the other thing to keep in mind too is just the simple fact that the physical stimulation in and of itself is very intense. Depending on what type of vibrator or what type of toy you're using, the stimulation typically tends to be more intense than what we're able to do with our own fingers, or perhaps what your partner's able to do with their mouth or their fingers themselves. So this isn't, again, a bad thing. It's just understanding what your body is responding to. This is why it's easier usually for a lot of women to be able to orgasm quicker and get to a state of arousal quicker with the use of a vibrator because the stimulation is so intense, not just for capturing the attention of the brain, but also as a physical stimulation to help get your body aroused. Now, remember, women take some time to warm up. They take some time To get aroused. And so typically, if we are shortening the duration of the time it takes to get to a full state of arousal because the use of the vibrator, that's really what you're experiencing here. Again, there is not something that is wrong or better about the use of the vibrator, which brings me to my next point when it comes to our mindset. Oftentimes what happens when our mindset around the use of a vibrator can impact our pleasure. It goes on like the flip side of the coin, okay? Some of us are looking at the use of a vibrator as a habit. It's something that we have always grabbed, we've always used, it's always been the way that we've been able to orgasm. So sometimes it's just simply the idea that this is what your brain understands, what it knows, what your body knows, what you feel comfortable with. And when you're focusing on the goal of orgasm or simply knowing that this is going to take to orgasm, it's very easy to just grab the vibrator and get the job done. When you're starting to practice that orgasm isn't the goal, that pleasure is actually the goal here, then you can start to drop in and decide, okay, well, do I want the pleasure of a vibrator now or would I like to experience the pleasure of, you know, using my fingers or my partner's fingers or, you know, any other type of stimulation? When you're not focused on getting there, getting to the goal, it does open up the fact that perhaps Mm -hmm. the use of a vibrator isn't necessary. The other thing about what happens when we have decided or not really decided, it's just kind of we've fallen into this pattern of grabbing our vibrator every time is your comfortability with it. When you become comfortable with using a vibrator, you have the thought pattern, you have the mindset of like, oh, I know I'm going to be able to get aroused. I know I'm gonna be able to experience pleasure. I know I'm gonna be able to orgasm. And it's that confidence there that allows you to drop into your body and not worry. When you think about like if you're not as used to having an orgasm without the use of a vibrator, usually what goes in the mind is this is taking too long. This isn't working. I don't know if I can orgasm. I don't know if I'm really feeling a lot of pleasure. And these are thoughts that are going to block you from pleasure. Think about it. When you're thinking to yourself, I'm not sure I can have an orgasm and you're focused on orgasm, what happens? You feel tension in your body, you feel pressure, you usually get out of your body. And now you're in your head worrying whether or not you can orgasm. So when we're using a vibrator, when it's become kind of our habit that we always reach for, it's not just that that is the thing that's been able to get us off. It's the beliefs that we have around the use of it, which allows you to drop into your body and really be present. You're not worried when you grab your vibrator, if you're going to be able to orgasm, you're not worried if you're taking too long. You're not worried about what your partner's thinking. You've eliminated all of these thoughts that are usually huge obstacles for you being able to access your pleasure. And this is really, really important for you to understand. It is not the vibrator itself. Does it help you become more stimulated? for sure. But in conjunction with the heightened amount of stimulation, it's also your beliefs about yourself, the beliefs about your pleasure and where you're going to be able to take your body that are present with the use with the vibrator that are not present when you're not using one. This is so key for you to understand. And what a lot of women don't even acknowledge is all of the thoughts and the feelings and the doubts and the fears that come flooding in when they've decided to not use a vibrator. So then they just go back and they begin to use it again. Now then on the flip side of the coin is to think that the use of a vibrator is less than the use of manual stimulation. When we get into this comparison around is it better to use a vibrator or is it not? Have I reached some kind of, you know, sexual goddess standard if I'm able to orgasm in all these ways and never use a vibrator versus if I do? It's what you're making the use of a vibrator mean. If you truly think that using a vibrator makes you less Less than, then there's so many other types of thoughts and beliefs and mindsets around that. Number one, let's say that you do think using a vibrator is less than, and you go and you're trying to have an orgasm and experience pleasure and take yourself to those heightened states of arousal without. Again, you might have some doubts come in. Am I going to be able to? But not just am I going to be able to. You're going to have this background story of I better be able to. Otherwise, you're going to make it mean something about you, that you're broken, that you're not as sexually advanced, that there's something wrong with you because you can't orgasm without it. So now not only have you, you know, put yourself into this narrow area of expectations that you're only allowed to orgasm in particular ways. And if you don't orgasm a certain way, then that means you're less than a woman than the kind of women that are able to orgasm without, but you've put on all of this added pressure. To yourself to experience the actual pleasure that's going on in your body. Now you're worried if this is going to work. And not only are you worried if it's going to work, the back part of your brain is also worried about failure. Because if you fail, what you're going to make that mean about you is creating a lot of added pressure and a lot of added weight. The other thing I want to say about holding the and not use of a vibrator at all, like basically putting yourself on a pedestal if you're able to experience pleasure and orgasm without the use of a vibrator. And that's like this higher level that you've reached. What happens if you do decide to grab a vibrator? Let's say that you're going along and you're like, no, it's so much better if I'm able to have an orgasm or experience pleasure without one. And so you're really trying not to. And then at a certain point, you're like, you know what, screw this. I just want to have an orgasm. This isn't working and you grab your vibrator and you have an orgasm. What happens afterwards usually is even though you've been able to experience, you know, this peak and this orgasm, your brain is still thinking that it wasn't good enough. It's not a good enough orgasm. I didn't have it in a certain way. So all of those delicious, nourishing, like empowering beliefs that are available to you after orgasm and after pleasure are all of a sudden evaporated because now you have beliefs and thoughts coming in that that wasn't a good enough way to have one. So even though we do actually experience pleasure, we do actually experience an orgasm. Now you're having judgment behind the orgasm, which blocks you from being able to let this orgasm fill you up and feeling like a truly turned on woman. Now, whether or not you use a vibrator, I don't think is, you know, the biggest issue here. One of the things that we want to look at is what are we making the use of the vibrator mean or not mean? Again, coming back to this idea that one is better than the other. Instead, the better way of looking at it is the use of a vibrator is simply different than not using one. One isn't better or worse than the other. They're simply different ways of having an orgasm i know for myself i like to have them both ways i like to have all the orgasms i like to have all the delicious pleasure and i like to open myself up to having that option i don't have to look at it as this one way is better than another way your quality of orgasm is based on your experience and part of your experience is going to be painted by the way that you're looking at it all of this is about pleasure in your body. All of this is about connecting to yourself, connecting to your partner, connecting to with that sensual, satisfying pleasure. That doesn't have to be a, you know, a hierarchy of the type of pleasure or the type of orgasms that you're having. The only time that maybe we want to take a look at this is if the use of a vibrator has become a complete crutch. Now, again, I don't believe that the use of a vibrator is wrong or bad in any situation, but I like to challenge every person. If you're finding anything not even to do with sex as a crutch, then that's when we want to take a look at something. When we're dependent on an outside source in order to be able to experience pleasure, when we're dependent on... Like I talked about in last episode, alcohol, in order to feel uninhibited and open to being able to have a conversation with our partner, that's when we want to take a look at it. That's the only time that I think that any of this stuff really needs to be taken a look at or pause is because it has hindered us to be able to feel completely empowered. We feel like we are hanging on these outside sources in order for us to be able to experience pleasure, in order for us to be able to experience confidence in order for us to be able to experience the focus of our mind. When you start to see that you're becoming very reliant on something like a vibrator to begin to orgasm, there again, there's nothing wrong with it, but the question I like to ask myself is like, what else is there? And wouldn't it feel good if I was able to also achieve this level of pleasure in this orgasm without the use of this? I used that <laughs> exact train of thought when I went on what I call a vibrator cleanse. So I noticed that I had become really dependent on the use of a vibrator and I hadn't really thought anything of it. I was just like, oh, that's just the way that I'm able to get off. That's the way that I orgasm. And this was a number of years ago when I was really taking a look at my own sexual growth journey and leaning into my pleasure potential as I like to think about it. And I was like, you know what? I actually do want to discover what that's like to experience pleasure and an orgasm at the mercy of my own hands and not the use of a toy. So I was like, until like, I forget how many months I gave myself, but I was like, I'm not using one at all. It doesn't even matter if I don't orgasm. It doesn't matter if I don't reach that peak level of arousal, but I am giving up all of the toys and all of the vibrators so that I can bring all of this stuff up. And it was such an interesting experiment because it really brought up a lot of the thoughts that I talked about at the beginning of this episode, my own doubt in my abilities, my doubt in myself. Self, my habitual way of just like wanting to reach for something, noticing that I was so much more orgasm focused than pleasure focused all the ways that my brain was wandering. It was during this cleanse, I was able to like really bring all of this stuff to the surface and I was able to start dealing with it. And it was so fun to be able to discover pleasure in my body in this completely different way, in this way that wasn't reliant on a toy, which I really truly believed that I was. I really truly to my core believed that I wasn't able to orgasm without the use of a toy. And through this experience, I was was able to find out that I can, in fact, orgasm and experience loads and loads of pleasure without the use of a vibrator. So again, it doesn't matter. It's not like a better or worse. It's just allowing yourself to explore, to experiment. And through that experiment, I was able to like connect with so much empowerment in myself like the idea that like at the drop of a hat I can uh, like get myself there was so empowering it was so helpful for my entire self-concept around my sexuality around my womanhood around my femininity because I was able to do that Now, I share with you that story, not because I think that everybody listening should go and go out and go on a vibrator cleanse, but it's just to show kind of a contrast between feeling like I was reliant on this, noticing that I was very orgasm focused, noticing that I had a lot of doubt in my own ability to be able to orgasm, that I felt like I needed it. A lot of this was rooted also in a performative aspect, like my partner expected me to orgasm, so I better reach for that vibrator to make sure I did so that he would feel better. There were so many other things that came up through this experience. So it's not that this is something that every person Should do, but I wanted to offer it to you as a story so you can see what can come up if you have found yourself becoming dependent or using a vibrator out of habit. That when you put it aside, when you're not able to grab for it, it does give you so much opportunity for information and for growth for you really to take all of this work to the next level. And again, it's not just about the pleasure and it's not just about the orgasm. It was all of these thoughts that I didn't even know existed in my brain until I removed this tool. Until I removed this habit out of the way, then I could see all of the ways that I was making sex about a performance, that I was making sex about pleasing my partner, that I was making sex not truly about me. And when I was able to see all of that, then I could do something about that. Then that awareness allowed me to be able to start taking the mental shifts that I wanted to do to feel more like a turned on woman at every single layer, right? It's like cell by cell when you start to realize that and when you start to turn these things on and remove these obstacles, what's truly available for you. When I'm coaching my clients, I actually coach them in a number of different ways. Some women, I really encourage the use of a vibrator. And other women, I'm like, hey, why don't we not use a vibrator for a little bit? Now, again, these are coming from two different places because of what I see them bringing up when they're talking to me about creating desire and creating enjoyment and creating satisfaction in their sex life. So for the women out there that I'm really encouraging the use of a vibrator, it's for those of you that might be experiencing doubt that you're ever going to be able to orgasm, that you're ever going to be able to have pleasure. And again, even though orgasm isn't the goal, a lot of us still want to have one. And so a vibrator can allow you to capture your attention from your brain, but also that high level of stimulation to Create evidence for yourself that you can, in fact, have an orgasm, whether it's because after kids or perhaps menopause or illness or in number of other things, we have these seeds of doubt that are planted in us that, you know what, I think I'm actually damaged. I think I actually can't experience pleasure. I'm not really sure that's possible for me. And if you've never used a vibrator before, using a vibrator to help, you know, move that process along can be evidence for your brain that you can, in fact, experience pleasure, that you are wired to experience this ecstatic, delicious pleasure in your body. The other myth that I find that goes around out there in regards to vibrator and sex toys in general is that it's to be used just by yourself, like during self-pleasure. And that is a bunch of bollocks. There is so much fun that can be had when you use a vibrator with your partner present. Remember that if you are in a heteronormative sexual relationship, that penis and vagina isn't typically the way most women experience a lot of pleasure, and it's definitely not the way that they're going to orgasm. For most of us, we need some clitoral stimulation. And so using a vibrator during intercourse can help you achieve that sort of clitoral stimulation, whether you do it manually or with a vibrator. But the idea is here is that you can offer yourself pleasure while you're having intercourse and a vibrator is a great way to do that. Now, since I started using, I think I bought my first vibrator. Actually, I don't think, I know. On my 18th birthday, I went to a local sex shop and that was when I bought my very, very first vibrator because that's when I was old enough. It was like other people were doing other crazy things at 18. I was going to a sex shop and buying a vibrator. So I've been using a vibrator for a number of years. And one of the things that I want to say about vibrators is they've come a really, really long way. There is such a variety in the types of vibrators that you can get now. It is insane. And I have to say there's a lot of really good ones out there. Ones that make it feel more like a tapping, ones that emulate the suctioning or the kissing or what you would might experience during oral sex. There's all different uh, modes that you can do, different textures of the vibration. So just understand that it's not like how it used to be where it was basically a massage gun that had you know, a high and a low setting, but there is a number of different modalities to be able to experience this pleasure. And there's a lot of ways that they have now, you know, structured the vibrators that it makes it easier to use while you're having penis and vagina sex. And so go ahead and explore. Go ahead and get online. Take a look at some of the female-friendly sex shops around and see what's out there. Again, there's a number of good vibrators and toys and experiences out there that you can have, whether it's self-pleasuring Or whether it's with a partner. So, the main takeaway that I want you to have is there is nothing wrong with a vibrator. It is not gonna hurt you. It is not gonna desensitize your clitoris. You will not ruin anything down there by the common use of a vibrator. But remember, orgasm comes from the brain. The most important thing to always remember is that your biggest sex organ is always going to be the brain. And so when you are able to see the types of thoughts that you have around the use of a vibrator or not, that's when you're really going to open the doors for your pleasure, for you to be able to lean into your own pleasure potential, to know what's available to you, whether it's using a vibrator and showing your brain, you know what, we are actually wired for pleasure and I'm going to show you how to get it. Or if it's for seeing how the habitual use of a vibrator is kind of covering up all of these thoughts that you have around your own ability, your confidence in the bedroom, and your sexuality. Either way, it's a win win. So I want you to investigate this week, what are your thoughts around the use of a vibrator? Do you use one? Don't you use one? What is your compelling reason for reaching for a vibrator versus not? And what do you want to bring to the surface in order for you to continue this sexual growth journey for yourself and becoming the most pleasured and turned on woman possible? Okay. Go enjoy yourself. Have fun with those vibrators or not. As always, it's been my absolute pleasure to be with you here and bring this podcast to you. And I can't wait to talk with you next week. Bye.